Hello, this is uh, Pastor Scott Kirkhoff. I'm the pastor of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Osmond, Nebraska. This is the first lesson in our audio Lutheran confirmation program. This is going to be uh, based upon the book, Applying Luther's Catechism, uh, the uh, Voyager's edition from Concordia Publishing House. And we are in our first unit, and it's going to be uh, God's Will, Law and Gospel, and the Ten Commandments. Okay, so, so why are we doing a audio confirmation program? Well, it's pretty simple. Um, a lot of churches that are out there, they have young adults, usually 7th and 8th grade, that are uh, transitioning from childhood into young adulthood. And you're in a small congregation, and there might be one, maybe two potential students. Sometimes those churches have a pastor. A lot of times they don't. And if they do have a pastor, sometimes the pastor is unavailable to be able to teach the confirmation uh, class. We had boys, uh, our, my wife and I have boys, that I was working as a federal prison chaplain, and it was very challenging to get our boys to a confirmation, so we're going to try to help create a program that will uh, meet that need. My wife, Sonia, is here. I'll let her introduce herself. Hello, this is Sonia. That's my uh, wife of almost uh, 30 years. I have two voices because uh, two is always better than one. And so we're going to get into our uh, first lesson, which is going to be the Bible, God's Word to us. But before we begin, let's have a prayer. Father, we ask you to uh, open our hearts and minds to receive your Word as we study our faith, as we study the Scriptures. Help us to better prepare ourselves for adulthood, and let us enjoy the gift of confirmation. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so how we're going to do this is, it's going to be about 20 minutes long, but Sonia's going to ask the question, and I'm going to respond, hopefully, with some kind of an answer, and that's how we're going to get this to, to take place. So she is going to ask the first question, and again, the first lesson is on the Bible, God's Word to us. Great. Question number one. Why is the Bible the best-selling book of all time? Okay, well, first of all is in the uh, ancient world, um, most people did not know how to read and write because books were handwritten. They were very expensive. But with the invention of the uh, printing press, uh, basically then people began to have access to the scriptures themselves but books were very expensive, even with the printing press. And so what would happen is people learned to read and write from the Bible. But it was more than just a book of instruction on how to read and write. It became a book for families and, and how to uh, establish families, how to raise children, uh, how to deal with conflict. Of course, you know the story of the Jews and leading up to the story of, of the arrival of the Messiah, who is Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection. So it was a book of learning. It was also a book of faith. And even in our modern world, it is still the best-selling book because people turn to it again and again and again for uh, inspiration and life lessons. Okay, number two. Great. Number two. In what year did Martin Luther translate the New Testament into the common language of the German people, and why did he do it? Okay, 
So, so Martin Luther, we are a Lutheran church. We don't worship Martin Luther, but the Lutheran church was established uh, uh, under Martin Luther and his approach uh, to the gospel. And Luther, in 1522, uh, translated the New Testament from the, the Hebrew and the Greek uh, and the Aramaic uh, into a language that, that the Germans could understand. It was a common language. It was common tongue so that people could be able to read God's Word uh, for themselves. And he also wanted people to be educated for themselves, so that if somebody is, is lying to you, you know, you're able to know the truth about what life is. I always like to say that uh, the Bible says this is what life really looks like, not what uh, Washington says or whatever political winds are blowing but it's grounded upon the truth of God. So this is what life really looks like. And, and that's what he wanted to do. So people could have faith for themselves and read God's word for themselves. And what a tremendous gift uh, to give people, to empower them, not to, to, to free them so that they're free people in Christ. Great. Uh, question number three, which English Bible translation was used for centuries, for hundreds of years, and why is it rarely used today? Okay, so... It'd be nice if we spoke German. We'd probably be using uh, Luther's uh, Bible, but we no longer uh, speak German in the Lutheran Church in the United States. We speak English. And the standard for the English Bible uh, has been the King James from 1611. Now, when it was written in 1611, uh, commissioned by King James, it was the, the language of the common people. This is how most people spoke problem is, is that we don't live in 1611. The date of this recording is uh, 2022. So yeah, if, if you were alive in 1611, that was probably a great translation for you. But the Lutheran Church emphasizes that intent by Martin Luther. We want to have the Bible in a translation that people understand for themselves, that they can relate to, so that it's not confusing, that it's, it's clear. So it's clear. Very good. Question number five. I'm going to first read Matthew 1 1. So. Okay, so we're going to go to uh, Matthew 1 1. Do you have that right now? I do, actually. Okay. Okay, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 1 states This is the genealogy of the Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Okay, so what was the question again? Who is mentioned as the one who separated the Old Testament and the New Testament? It's the arrival of the Messiah, Jesus. He is the dividing point between the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Okay? Great. What's the next question? Okay, next we're going to read John 3.16 and then ask a question. Okay. So, Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And okay. the question is, what is the most important message of the entire Bible? That God's love is displayed in the sending of his Son, Jesus. God, how do you know that God loves you? Because God sent his Son, Jesus, who is the Christ or the Messiah, to live, die, and rise again for you so that you are free from sin, death, and the devil, and you're free to live your life. That is the hope of the gospel. So it's the, the great love 
passage uh, of the scriptures. Okay. Definitely and truly good the, the good news. Yep. Okay. Number seven. This has some multiple questions to it, and then I'll let you break them down. Okay. What are the books of the law or Torah? What are the books of history? What are the books of poetry? What are the books of the prophets, major prophets, and minor prophets? Okay, so we're in the 39 books of the uh, Old Testament. And I want you to understand that the Old Testament is not just one book. It is a cat, it's, it's, it's categories of books uh, written by different time and in different places, but it has one divine editor who is the Holy Spirit and the story is leading up to that Matthew 1-1 passage of the arrival of Jesus. So we have books of the law, which is the Torah, which is the uh, Jewish instruction books. We have the history books of the Jews. We have poetry books. We have prophets, both major, which just means that they have a longer book. It's all it means to be a major prophet. Uh, you wrote a longer book and, and a minor prophet. They're just as important as the major prophets, but the, their books are uh, shorter. So that should answer that. Good. Number eight. Which four New Testament books tell the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection? Okay, that would be the four Gospels. We have four different looks at Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And that's going to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, again, four different books of good news. A Gospel means good news. Think of it as a uh, newspaper bulletin. I have good news for you. It's not an autobiography. That's not what it is. It's good news. Um, and, and basically, they give four different uh, looks at Jesus with the same conclusion. Okay. So, so some, let's see, Mark's gospel is very action-oriented, uh, focuses in a lot on uh, Jesus' miracles, but doesn't have a lot of his sayings or his parables. Matthew and Luke add more of the sayings and the parables and the teachings. Um, and then, of course, John's gospel gets into longer conversations, whereas uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke have Jesus primarily talking to crowds. Uh, John's gospel has Jesus talking a lot one-to-one. -one. Okay, So he kind of has a, a different approach to telling the good news, but he has the same outcome of the good news. So think of it as uh, four different people describing the same high school football game, but all saying we won the game. That's a good analogy. Okay. Good. What else do we have? Okay. So you're speaking about the gospel, meaning the good news. How does the Bible have power? Well, the Bible has the power to show you the gospel, to present it clearly. And if you believe in the gospel, then it literally sets you free from the slavery that the world tries to put you in. So, so God sets you free um, spiritually and then, and then mentally, and hopefully you have physical freedom as well. So the, the gospel is that good news that God is not angry with you, but that God loves you. Again, John three sixteen, because he sent his son to save you, to die and rise again to save you from your sins. Great. Now we're going to look at another book in the New Testament, Book of Romans, Chapter 1, verse 16, focusing a little more about the power of the gospel. Okay. So, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone 
who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So okay. what is Paul trying to say here about the gospel? He is saying that he is not afraid to tell this story because th this gospel that he believes and lives and, and carries out frees people. Again, it's the power of God. It's not what we do for God. The gospel is what God has done for us. That's very important to understand about the gospel. Okay? Great. Okay, okay. we got our next uh, reading. Yes. We're still in the New Testament. This time we're going to 1 John chapter uh, yeah. 5, not verse 13. Not the gospel of John, but the letter 1 John. Correct. And it states... Verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And for what purpose has God written the word to us? So that we have the assurance that in Jesus Christ, again, his life, death, and resurrection, that we have the gift of eternal life. Life here and now and life eternal. Okay. Great. Okay, now we're going to talk about some ways that we can apply God's Word to some situations. And we're going to go ahead and share some input and something for you to think about also on your own. So, how would you apply the Word of God if your best friend has let you down and told you some secrets that you shared? Well, if I had a best friend that I had shared some secrets with, I would assume that as my best friend that they would keep those confidential. So if they told those secrets that I shared, first of all, I'd be very hurt. Uh, second, I'd be very angry uh, with them. Uh, I'd probably want to uh, confront them and tell them how hurt I felt and how I felt betrayed by them. That would be my emotions. But then because God's Word says that we're all sinners and we all fall short, that there's nobody perfect, maybe maybe there was a reason why they felt that they needed to tell somebody. I don't know. Um, uh, maybe that uh, they just got caught up in, in groupthink and, and forgot where they were at. Uh, so instead of just automatically getting angry, maybe look at myself and asking this question, has there ever been a time that I gossiped about them? Or has there ever been a time that you know I told a secret? You know, so so instead of automatically being triggered with my emotions and playing the victim, uh, maybe I should say, you know, sometimes I do things that I shouldn't do, and then maybe approach it that way to say, you know, sometimes I make mistakes, and 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 so I'm not a perfect person, but I want to talk to you about what you did. So I acknowledge that sometimes I make my mistakes, and and I just need to talk to you. So instead of going in there angry go in there and have a conversation and, and try to keep your friendship together. Because a good friendship works through the, the problems. Not, it's not always perfect. You know, friends are there with you through thick and thin. Okay? Great. Another situation we all have faced and continue to face from time to time is that you're, you're getting ready to take a big social studies um, test at school and you're worried that maybe you didn't quite study enough for it. So how does God's Word help you through that situation? Well, when Jesus asked his disciples to pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane, they fell asleep. And he said, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Sometimes we 
do get lazy. So I would say, okay, Lord, I'm not obviously as prepared as I should be here, uh, but help me to do the best that I can uh, and help me to learn from this situation. Okay. Okay. And a possible situation is maybe your mother or father have grounded you for something that you actually didn't do and you were innocent, but you still received the punishment of grounding. Exactly. Well, first of all, I think I would be very upset about that. But also, uh, maybe they don't have all the information. Uh, but also, Jesus went to the cross as an innocent man. Jesus died for my sins. So, so you know, people always don't do the right thing, and parents aren't perfect people. And they do make their mistakes. So again, acknowledging that, that maybe they don't have all the information and, and pray that maybe the, the truth will come out. Okay. And our last situation is um, maybe out of fear. Um, you've been told that your doctor has stated that you need an operation very soon. And how does God's word help you get through that unknown and scary situation? Well, Again, a, an operation would be very scary to go into, but just trusting that God is the creator of me. He created me from nothing, so to speak. Um, and he sustains my life every day and that he gives me life eternal. So my life is in his hands. And then if I need that operation, um, that I need to go through it, even though that I'm afraid to have faith in, in God to get me through the, the situation and get me to the, the positive outcome. All right? Great. Okay. Okay. And we're going to wrap up today's lesson with um, sharing three things that you learned from the Bible about today in our lesson. Okay. Well, first of all, I'd say that number one is the Bible is not a book, but it's 66 books as part of a library, and it's divided up into uh, categories, and it's an Old Testament and New Testament. And, and the coming of Jesus is the dividing point between the Old Testament and uh, the New Testament. Number two, I would say that um, the Bible has power if we're willing to use it to help us to know the truth about what life really looks like uh, from God's perspective. And then finally, number three, I would say that uh, I know with the gospel that, that God loves me. That uh, the, the gospel is the good news that Jesus was sent lived, died, and rose again to save sinners, which I am one of those. And, but in him, we have uh, life eternal and life here and now and life in abundance. That, that being a Christian is not holding us back from living, but giving us the freedom to live, okay? Safely, as God says, that life is supposed to be lived. And then I think there's one last question, and then we'll both answer that. Well, actually, this one is just one for the students to ponder. Well, we're students. What is your takeaway from today's lesson, which applies to your own personal life? You go first, and I'll, cl I'll close. You don't have one? No, I do. That's okay. <laughs> I have to it down. I'll go, okay, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I think my best uh, takeaway, or my biggest takeaway from this, is that it's important to learn God's Word. You know, it, it is a story that applies to our lives, and I think that sometimes... Uh, we, we go through life and we never learn God's story. And I think it's a gift to be able to do so. And that's part of confirmation is learning that. Okay. Miss, do you have anything? Yeah. And to go along with that, I do like the, the taking the time to not only learn the word of God, 
and its truth, but also to think of situations and examples in which we can apply God's word that you did with the four situations because that's being modeled out to us so that we in turn, as we continue to grow into adulthood, that realize that God is always with us and that his word is true and can sustain us through any and every situation that we're in. Good. Okay. So again, this is the uh, first lesson. The book we're using is Applying Luther's Small Catechism, uh, the, the Voyager's Edition uh, by Concordia Publishing House. And this was on the Bible, uh, God's Word to Us. And with that, we will uh, look forward to um, teaching you in, in lesson number two. Hope you have a wonderful day. God's blessings. Bye. Bye.